It's Seltzer Time. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. I'm here, as always, with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about Worcester, Travis. What's cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome back to another episode of Seltzer Time. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. Did you guys check out last week's episode? It was straight fire. Uh, Thanks again to Joe Jacobs, the Worcester Red Sox, for coming on, hitting us with a couple little tidbits about minor league baseball, what they hope to bring to the city of Worcester, um, some of Joe's history interviewing, you know, Tom Brady and Gronk and and that whole Super Bowl experience he had. Yeah, it was super interesting getting the behind the scenes footage and kind of like hearing some of the background stories, stories you wouldn't think about. Yeah, that's kind of rad. I found my hacky sack. Did you? Yeah. I, <laughs> it'll it'll start making appearances. Did you and your brother start practicing to get him? No, I literally found it yesterday. Oh, like, boy. <laughs> I was cleaning my room for the first time ever. Uh, ever. It feels, it's been a disaster. It, it, it's not dirty. It was just like, I've had clean laundry piled everywhere for no reason. Because it um, takes so much effort to put it away. It does. It's easy to do it. It's easy to like kind of move it around and do everything. And then I just proceed to take it out of the dryer. I fold it. And then when I get home from working at like 2.30 in the morning, I put it on the floor. You and move it from the bed to the floor. Every single time. That's, I never it, that's put it a little obnoxious. I have it sitting on top of my dresser. My wife at least does the, the nice thing of putting it there for me. Nice. I completely respect that she doesn't want to put it away. It's my responsibility. It's my yeah. clothes. But she does me a solid and puts it all on top of my dressers, <laughs> which makes it easier for me. So now I can see everything all at once. And I just pick off of there, yeah. which drives me nuts. No, I sorry, just, Sarah. I just move it around. <laughs> sorry, Sarah. Actually, sorry, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I just move it. I'm, I'm very lazy. But while I was cleaning yesterday, I... Got my, uh, my rollerblades out, my hockey skates, and inside my skates were um, a couple like hockey, like street hockey balls, a hockey puck, and a hockey sack, and some racquetballs, which is also my new thing that I'm gonna bring back that I used to play with. Wait, you're gonna wait, uh, play with racquetballs? Yeah, like blue racquetballs, they bounce off of everything. Yeah, yeah. So now, like, you'll come to the dive bar, and I won't, if it's like not busy, I will be behind there just kind of playing catch with myself. <laughs> It's gonna be awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought you were gonna play like suicide or what was the game where they played against oh, the wall? Yeah, I'm way out of shape though. Yo. <laughs> I can't do that yeah, anymore. I would miss way more than I'd hit anybody if I had to like lose against the wall or yeah. whatever the hell the saying was. <laughs> It'd be bad. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah, so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's episode. If not, check it out. It's up on the iTunes, SoundCloud, all the good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, any recaps on the on anything? I don't know. Um, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> definitely keep an eye on Polar Park 2021. I know they're definitely doing more promos for the jerseys. Yeah. We hyped the jersey a bunch of times on our social media, but uh, I think it's, is it just Walsh now? I saw, yeah, they Has dropped been a little announced? teaser. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's officially been announced. Um, well, I don't know if it's officially been announced. They were, they posted stuff yesterday, so we're good. Okay. Uh, yeah, it looks like the jersey will be making an appearance at Worcester Wears in the near future. Yeah. So, so I don't know if they're going to be selling it. I think it's I think it's going to be the same deal. Really? If I were to guess, you have to go get your picture taken with Jess wearing it or something. You can okay. win one. It seems like that seems to be their strategy. But again, I don't really know. I'm, I'm guessing. Be not, I mean, I wish they were selling them at Worcester Wears. That would be rad. Even though I already have one. But I need, I want another one. I want, oh. I want red. You want the, you want the invert? Oh, I want them all. <laughs> Big jersey, yeah. 
So this week uh, we have Ellie Gilmore, community organizer for Worcester Common Ground. Ellie, what's up? So much is up, Ricky. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's good to be here. Hey, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming oh, on. I'm, I'm genuinely thrilled. Yeah. Have you listened to our other episodes? I listened to the first one. I have been un- unfortunately very, very busy. How I'm could so- you? I know. It's really, I'm so sorry. It's okay. If I don't put Seltzer Time podcast first, then am I really living? We, we forgive you this time. This time, okay. Well. The, yeah. This time we forgive you and no, you're not really living. It's time. It's time. <laughs> I, I got to take my life in my own hands. And people, like, people like me only have said that the Seltzer Time <laughs> podcast is like a one hour vacation. Wow. We're I recommended need that. by nine out of 10 moms. Oh, well, I'm whatever, whatever the moms say. 10 out of nine dads. Yeah, 10, 10 out, out of nine dads. Oh, well, that, that's even better. That 10th dad's getting cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't really, we don't really think about him, but he probably enjoyed it too, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. He's got to listen to something about he's That's a long trip to get cigarettes. That's so. true. Well, maybe he's thinking about other things, you know, like, I don't know. How bad cigarettes are. Yeah, and uh, how much he wishes that there were more Seltzer Time podcasts. I don't know. Which there will be. See, all right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change my life now. It's a new year. Yeah, not well, not yet, but it will be. We're getting there. That's true. So, so close. Well, I mean, every year is a new year, but yeah. I, I hate so five. I know. I can't believe we're here. But before we get to that, I hate the new year, new me saying. Oh. Like <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy every single year. I don't know why. I hate it. I just think it's sort of dumb that we put so much pressure on creating a new version of ourselves year after year. Yeah, start like, in September. Yeah, start whenever you want. And why, you know, don't don't make it such a, don't make it so intense, yeah. you know? I gotta believe that people use it as like the benchmark. Like, oh crap, it's another mm. year. Now's the year that I gotta get my shit together. That's and what then, I do. you know, February comes around and they're yeah. back to eating Cheetos on the right. couch. Right, like if they're like me and can't establish a habit, um, it you know, they do, maybe they make it three days. And then, uh, and then that's it. That's it yeah. But hey, you know what? Three days is still a success. Better than go. nothing. It's true. It's and true. to your point, I wonder if anybody, if, if it would be more successful if you didn't start it at the new year, if you started it at some random arbitrary date and it's like, this is my changing day. So you're not yeah. dealing with everybody. I don't know. Anyway, it's well, it, it, may, it probably normalizes it that way. And yeah. it has less to do with the new year and, you know, that everyone else is doing it, the, the pack mentality of new year, new me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Establishing a life set or a life. Yeah. It makes it, I think it makes it more personal too. Like who gives a shit what everybody else is doing? It's true. I just hope people- I mean, we should, but- <laughs> <laughs> True. I hope people don't like stop listening to the Celtic Time podcast January 1st. No, if I anything- I hope they're not like New that's, Year, New Me, That's I'm a done. terrible New Year's resolution. Yeah. That's just taking it the total opposite direction. If anything, I hope that come January 1st, it just explodes in popularity. Like- same. Taken off like a rocket. Same. But yeah, so, uh, Ellie, what brought you to Worcester Common Ground? Um, so I got my bachelor's from Clark University in political science. And while I was there, I took up an interest in urban politics. Um, and that's where I first learned about the concept of affordable housing. Uh, I understood a lot about city politics, but 
affordable housing was something very new. Um, and by luck, my wonderful professor, former mayor Joe O'Brien, um, shout out, <laughs> um, connected me with Worcester Common Ground. I was looking for a summer internship. Uh, and so I hung out with them for a year because I just loved their their mission and the type of work. And it exposed me to a lot of the, the inner workings of, of housing as um, both a, a resource and a, and a field. Um, and then when I graduated in 2017, again, I just got very lucky. The outgoing community organizer who I'd worked with as an intern um, was taking a job in Colorado and they needed an organizer and I needed a job. <laughs> and uh, so it really just kind of fell into, into my lap. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so what exactly does Worcester Common Ground do? Like, Yeah, so, we, so Worcester Common Ground is uh, called a community development corporation, which is a, it's a specialized nonprofit that is specifically, um, tasked with developing and sustaining affordable housing. Um, and when I say affordable housing, I mean, uh, a combination of subsidized units, um, often people who are receiving section eight. Um, and we do so in, uh, we're given a certain census tract as everything is all about data and yeah. census stuff. Yeah, and, and what we we do a combination of uh, ground up construction, but also rehabbing vacant or blighted buildings. That's a really important component of the CDC affordable housing work. Um, is taking previously occupied um, buildings that have fallen into disrepair and turning them into quality, um, aesthetically pleasing uh, affordable housing because everyone deserves a nice. Place to live. For sure, yeah. they need a nice habitat. Yeah, exactly. It's just you know, if getting in, well, not to get too technical, but you know, housing get is get super technical. <laughs> but housing is you know where you live, what that environment is like has uh, implication implications for the the rest of the aspects of your life. So your yeah. mental health, your physical health, your access to services, your you know general. Um, ability to access upward economic mobility, whatever, you know, like all, all the, all the fancy buzzwords. Um, <laughs> you start and end your day there. Like it should be. Yeah, it so should like, be right. Yeah. And I think we have this idea around affordable housing. That's, I think the term affordable housing is incredibly stigmatized. Um, and that has just a, a long history of, you know, racist policies and general attitude towards social welfare, but that somehow affordable housing is conflated with high density public housing, which it isn't always. So a lot of our units or a lot of our buildings are triple deckers. So there are three units. Um, and from the outside, they just look like a triple decker. And from the inside, they are a triple decker. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a, there's, there's no, no mystery here. No, no, no odds behind it. Like it's just, uh, it's a house where people, live. We just happen to be an agency that focuses specifically on building that housing. So that's the housing side. And then a lot of CDCs in the past few years have started working on the community engagement or organizing perspective, which is what I do. So it's a combination of um, holding 
uh, community meetings. It's a lot about capacity building, which is uh, a fancy buzzword for um, identifying resources that people are interested in or, or may have a, uh, an educational gap in, teaching them how to do it, and then taking a step back and seeing that become something sustainable. So ideally, you know, my job wouldn't be necessary because at some point, We'd give everyone the tools that they needed to succeed. We'd dissolve systemic barriers. Um, and then I would go off and do something else. Um, we also do a lot of programming. Um, my whole life has turned into basketball. I was going to say, I've seen you post a lot about this basketball league. Yeah. Um, Trinity Lutheran <laughs> Basketball League in our fourth season. Um, it's really exciting. I, I played basketball for one season when I was nine. I was the second shortest person on the team and I was terrible. I specifically remember at, in one game, I just, I was so excited. And I, um, I made a really, uh, impressive three pointer, but in the other teams. Nice. You scored against yourself. I did. Um, and so like, still hit the shot though. You just played right? Cool. I was like, Oh, I'm just that cool. Um, but so taking over as a, as the organizer of this basketball league, has taught me um, that I really have no athletic skills when it comes to basketball. Was um, there a basketball league before or did you start? No, no, no. So um, my predecessor, Carice, um, there was, uh, it was, it was born out of a, a, a need in our neighborhood to provide free, accessible recreational programming for youth um, in late elementary school, early middle school. Um, there can be a programming gap there. And especially when it comes to free. Um, I mean, it's not, we, it's grant funded, which is how we're able to provide it to them. Um, but we also know that after school activities, um, that are accessible and fun are a really good avenue, um, or pipeline for youth to stay in school, um, and be successful and explore their interests, um, and avoid some of the negative forces, um, whether that be, uh, dropping out of school or drugs or, and these are just, you know, things that are beyond their control. Sure. They're things 10 years old. Yeah. Um, and so the league existed before I got there and I, I just was lucky enough to have a, a solid framework to take over with. Um, and it, it's been, I love youth work. Um, there's just so much you can learn from them. And, and, and I think about the neighborhood and what they're looking for. We, don't I don't think we prioritize the opinions and lives of youth enough in the conversation about community building, neighborhood building, city sure. planning. Yeah. Um, They're the ones that are going to be there the longest too. So it's like yeah, and you know they can't vote, but that doesn't mean that the decisions we make don't impact them. So. If anything, they impact them more because they're going to have to live with it longer. Exactly. And, and you know, we're, when we're not able to create policies or programs or institutions that aren't adaptable to them and their lifestyles, and I think we kind of, we, we lose out. Uh, we could have done something better from the get-go. Absolutely. For sure. So. Without naming names, just more out of curiosity, do you have any, like, success stories of what kind of impact the league has had even in like a 10 year old's life. We'd I'd love to hear some of those. Yeah, so we, um, 
we uh, so last year we have a basketball court um, in it's a, it's an outdoor um, like street court in the neighborhood um, called the Fatty Jenkins Cage. Um, yeah, named after a firefighter, Fatty Jenkins, who was a he was just a, a big force in the neighborhood. He passed away young, I think in his mid fifties, um, and when. In the mid-2000s, the court was revitalized by the Pleasant Street Neighborhood Network Center because um, it had kind of fallen into, into the dregs. Um, but it's been this really kind of anchoring space in the neighborhood for so long, and we've had a lot of challenges up until now, I like guess still today, um, with keeping it um, safe and clean and accessible and well lit and, uh, actively programmed, but we were, um, we've been working with the city and the city manager's office. Who's been so great about this, um, to revive the court and make sure that it stays a basketball court for the neighborhood. And last year I, um, we were on the city council agenda and I brought two of the youth from our league to the city council meeting. Um, Maybe just I thought it was fun, but we had had a conversation previously about what is a mayor, what is city council, like what, who are these people that I go talk to on a regular basis and what kind of power do they have? Brought them to the meeting and I worked with them. Um, they got up and they spoke during the public comment section. That's fantastic. And it was, it was just incredible to, they were, I don't know, 11, 12 at the time. Um, one of them is still in the league, and the other one is an assistant coach. That's fantastic. Yeah. I don't get chills. That's right? so awesome. So it's just you know, and I think it's an, I think it's a testament to to them um, because it, you know all I do is is given them I give them information the you tools, give them tools yeah yeah and then and I think also you know, building trust with them and, and listening to what they have to say. I find so often how amazing it is, how easy it is for youth to trust adults when you ask them how they feel about things. When you genuinely listen. Ge yeah, and, va and validate their feelings. It's it's so small. I'm sure adults would also appreciate that too. Absolutely. <laughs> we do it to each other all the time. Right? Like, yeah, hell yeah. But I it's, it's, but it's it, you know, it's, it's giving them a platform to speak that they might not otherwise have known about one that also they feel comfortable with one, one of the, one of the youth, the one who's our assistant coach called me in September, hadn't heard from him in a while. He said, Hey, do you remember last year when you took us to the city council meeting to meet the mayor? That was their big thing. They really were excited to meet the mayor. And I said, yeah, I do. He said, okay, well, I think I want to go again because there's something that I want to talk about, but I'm not really sure how I said, great. Come to my office next week. We'll talk it through and figure out what you want to say, how you say it, what's going to make you comfortable to be up there. Sure. And while that ultimately didn't happen, I, it was on the bright side, he chose instead, he found the number of a city councilor. I don't know who, um, and called them to talk about Whatever, whatever the, the thing was, yeah. I was like, great. I mean, I love going to city council meetings and I would have taken him with me, but right. he did it on his own. Did he get a conversation? I'm not sure, okay. but 
you know, I think just the fact that he felt empowered. Fit, yeah. To make, to make that phone call about w- whatever was going on. That's so awesome. I know. I was like, why we need, we need more of that. Yeah. It's just activism. It's, it's yeah. putting it into action. That's what's up. That's and awesome. education about it too. Like we don't, there was a really amazing civics bill that was passed by the state legislature recently. Go Harriet Chandler. Um, whoop, whoop. She's the best. Um, but whoop whoop, I was thrown out there. Yeah, always whoop whoop. <laughs> my voice kind of cracked. It's, it's that's a, okay. And any any whoop whoop is a good whoop whoop. I'll take that. Um, I feel like that's the beginning of a, any a song. Any whoop whoop is a good whoop. whoop. It's like a juggalo thing too. Like ICP guys like. <laughs> We're gonna be officially their voice, sponsored. Their voice cracking is an ICP thing. No, that's just me being twelve. That's fine. But less, at, like less active than the twelve-year-old you just told us about. Yeah, well, they're they're great, and I think you know we we don't we don't often think about how youth can engage in our public or civic discourse, and that's because the the language around these things it's so technical, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be. I mean, no. what. When you ask someone, you know, what does a community mean to you? What does your neighborhood look like? What are things that you see that are positive? What are things you see that are negative? What what are some ideas that you have? That's the thing. You sit a kid down and ask for their ideas. I had a few kids in my office once about the basketball court. I have a full page, like chart paper list of all of the renovations there are cool colors, there's artwork, there are like fancy benches. And these are all things that we're actually working towards. Like doing. all within the realm of possibility, not like laser yeah. grids and- No, I mean, just like genuine capital improvements. That's awesome. You know, they wouldn't call them that, but to them right. it's like, it's a it's the basketball court, it's the cage. It's a place that they hang out at, but there are also, there's, an illegal dumping issue. We don't have a trash can there. We, you know, what, whatever, there's no lighting, whatever the issue is. But I asked them if you could, you know, do something to the basketball court to make it look a different way, what would you do? And you just couldn't get them to stop talking. So sure. that's so awesome. I know they could do my job for me. I that's kind of what you want. Isn't that, isn't that, the <laughs> that whole is, no, that's what that is, right? That's part of the empowerment piece. Yeah. Keep spitting. <laughs> True. Have uh, any of those improvements like been put into action yet? Yes. So we um, very fortunately were selected as a working for Worcester site for 2019. Um, nice. Really excited to make that happen. Um, so the plan as it stands now is to do some of the things that I mentioned, um, specifically fixing the fence. Um, it's not the chain link isn't attached in all of the areas it should be. Um, replacing some of the nets. Lighting. Lighting huge. is huge. Um, you know, I think. The, the spacing of streetlights to me seems arbitrary, um, but we often find a lack of lighting in lower income neighborhoods. Um, and I think it, it feeds into whether, whether this exists or not. Like I think Piedmont is perfectly safe. So to hell with anyone who thinks otherwise, <laughs> but that, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I grew up in a suburban college town, but it was well lit enough at night. We could just walk around our neighborhood, walk around wherever. And, you know, why shouldn't, like, why can't youth in Worcester also be able to do the same thing? Right. Why can't they have that same safety? Yeah. Right. And just assurance. The assurance. Yeah. That, that in their neighborhood, 
they can walk around and feel safe because also everyone knows each other. Yeah. It's, it is very much a, a neighborhood in its truest sense. Um, so yeah, working with lighting, a trash can. Um, it's funny how big those things are. The trash for, cans? Yeah. Well, no, I mean like, like you know, of importance. Oh yeah. In, for like a basketball court, like thinking about myself being like, oh yeah, I would love to go, you know, it's sometimes I have problems finding a trash can walking into a building and you don't even think about it if you don't need it. And then you're yeah. like, fuck, I gotta go to this coffee cup. Like, where does it go? And never mind being a little kid where like you got snacks and like that whole thing. You're right? trying to keep it clean so it's safe and not gross. Yeah, waste management. The yeah. thing I find the most alarming is you haven't made a request yet that's out of the ordinary or out of like necessity. Yeah. Lights, a place to put trash. I mean, I know trash comes with another issue of who's going to empty the trash. Totally. Who takes responsibility. But that's all things that can be solved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very simply. You're not asking for a stadium or, mm -mm. you know, Whatever. LeBron to come and hang out. Yeah. Know. I mean, if LeBron wants to come and hang, LeBron can come and hang. As I hear, he ain't leaving LA anytime soon. Yeah. Rats. It's well, late. LeBron, if you're listening, uh, come to come to Worcester, Mass, down in Piedmont. Come to the cage. Bring some lights. Please. You'll, be, you'll get a lot of love and attention. Yeah, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, that's really, really cool what you're doing for Worcester. Um, these, are you guys kind of specifically focused on this one area? Do you have other programs that kind of branch out in different parts? So per our certification as a CDC, we work within three census tracts that make up Piedmont. Um, I feel like I'm writing a, an academic paper when I say that. <laughs> um, but so we, we, we primarily work in that in that area. Um, cool. It's sort of the same thing with like, so so Maine South CDC um, over next door to us, um, the wonderful Maine South CDC, it's sort of the same thing. That's their area. Uh, we do very similar work. Um, and so it's, it's sort of, it's place-based. Sure. How many of these are in the city? There are, I believe, four active CDCs and there's one CDC that is new and I'm not sure the status of, of their certification, but um, yeah, there there are people who are trying to trying to do the good work. I mean, every, everyone in the city is trying to do the good work. Yeah, I'm yeah, not everybody, but well, okay. <laughs> there are no, I'm some. with you. I'm with you. There there are far more people that care about the city now than they don't. Yeah, and it only it needs more. And so much more. It needs more people doing more altruistic things about just improving the situation and not more selfish. Things. Yeah, for sure. And me and one of them, I'm doing selfish things left and right just for my own personal gain. My yeah. point is I'm giving you a lot of credit for interjecting yourself into a community and making a positive impact yeah. regardless of what anybody says, things, feels. You're just going to fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think it's, you know, the, the work that we do needs to also be sensitive to the community. I think when we talk about, like, the critical analysis of what community development is, that it's not organizations coming in and imposing their mission, that it's really more based on a needs assessment and that it's it has a, a grassroots um, component to it because we like that's that's how you assist a neighborhood in being sustainable. And we we try and not come to the table with like, we're here to make your neighborhood better because the neighborhood doesn't need right. to be made better. The neighborhood is wonderful as it is. We're just there, you know, helping to address maybe some resource gaps or, or just like 
maybe someone wants to do a project and they don't know how. And so we'll help connect them. That's we're like, we're like the connector piece right. and like Tinker Toys. I'm great, super throwback. Great reference. Yeah, yeah, that was, oh, I'm kind of right now. I, I, in my city planning kick that I've been on for the past six months or so, I thought, you know, adults aren't really encouraged to to do tactile activities like that. I was like, well, why can't I buy a, a set of Tinker Toys or Lincoln Logs? Yeah. People are gonna be like, oh, this chick is crazy. <laughs> like, want to play with Lincoln Logs? But I think my my point is. No, that's that's awesome. I completely agree. With you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. The, the analogy I was trying to make is that we're, we're CDCs or, or other community development organi- organizations are really supposed to be, um, I think, connector pieces. So it's the community that really does all the work. Yeah. You guys are just kind of playing point guard. Yeah. Getting them the ball. Always back to basketball, you yeah. know? Help facilitate them getting them together. I mean, that's essentially what needs to happen anyway. And I know there's probably large groups of people that care about it, but they just don't know how to put it into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having these types of resources available is yeah. huge. Bring them into the process. Like I can't stress that enough that as much as we're doing now to provide education to people and make resources or departments or people or activities, whatever it may be accessible, we need, always need to take it. Take it a step further. Are there language barriers? Are there transportation barriers? Are there food barriers? Are there childcare Barriers like these are all kind of like basic community development practices, but like they can be applied anywhere, and they sh- and they should be really. It's not just people doing this kind of work that are supposed to be or in, I don't know employ like intersectionality. Like ev- ev- everyone should be doing it. Sure. I also like the idea of not having just some like predetermined game plan. Like this is what works. This is the book on economic development mm-hmm. or cultural development. We yeah. must follow this rule. I love that you guys are reactionary and you're talking to people and you're finding out, hey, you know, what could we do better? And yeah, that's the shit that's important. Adaptability. Adaptability. That's how you're successful. That's how a city's successful. That's yes. how every fucking culture is successful. Yeah. yeah. And being okay with making mistakes too, right? We're not Hell always gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna do everything right on the but first try. That. Yeah. And saying, okay, you know what? We fucked we messed up this, this time. Up. Yeah. 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 But let's go back and say, what what didn't we get right here and why? And what can be better? <laughs> yeah. How do we make it better next time? And how do we bring more people into the process? I'm gonna start sounding like a broken record, but like there's nothing more important to me than bringing people into the process, especially those for whom the system was not initially designed. Yeah. Also throwing it back to basketball, and because you are from Pennsylvania, <laughs> <laughs> the 76ers ah, yes. trust the process. I have to say, so Time not all together. I yeah. I was born in Pittsburgh, so oh, I, yeah. Dang. Oh, my bad. It's not that I'm anti Philly. My sister lives in Philly. Okay. Um, I knew you had some kind of Philly tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, yeah, my sister lives in Philly, and um, though maybe we shouldn't speak of last year's Super Bowl. Um, it was such. Oh, it was yeah. a really entertaining uh, text conversation. <laughs> Nice. So I, I'm, I, I, I believe in the 76ers, but I can't say that they're like my home team. Yeah. Also because I grew up on college sports. So. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I'm not a big college sports guy. It was mostly Penn State. Wow. Well, so. Understandable. 
can't even believe I just gave them a shout out here. That was I was like, and then and then everything happened. Very problematic. No, but I mean, I don't know. That's something that we in the Northeast don't really do that much. But like, if you go to the middle of the country out west, they don't have professional sports teams in their neighborhoods the way we do. So they champion their college teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I grew up on Penn State's campus. Like, I grew up down the street from Frat Row, so it was very much part of of my upbringing. (laughs) My dad went to Iowa State, and, like, there's whole communities that support the Iowa State uh, athletics programs. Uh, It's a college. Like, we had Central Connecticut State, and nobody gave a shit about that. Not even the players, so. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I'm not a... the, The reason why I never got into college sports is because I grew up here. Yeah. Didn't go off to college and didn't grow up in a college town basically the Bruins play 45 minutes away from my house right. so you don't like, get into the you bean pot yeah, like I, yeah I was very lucky you don't get stoked on bean pot every year <laughs> no well, that's like, fair I know that's completely I do, fair I do I do like to the extent where it's fun to watch I've never been to a bean pot tournament I'd like to go someday mm-hmm. um, and it's always fun like two years later when some of those guys get drafted the thing with like being a huge hockey fan is we are very lucky that Boston hockey is Amazing, and yeah. we have a lot of like a lot of the best players in the league funnel through the city, which is yeah. great. Um, but yeah, I never never really paid that much attention to it. Just curious, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe this year, 2019, New Year, New Me. No, <laughs> New Year, New I Me. <laughs> what would the what would the Worcester version of the Bean Pot be? Uh, like oh, fuck, it'd be like Assumption, <laughs> Holy Cross, Worcester State. No, but what would they play for? Like the Turtle Boy statue. Oh, um. Yeah, what would yeah, they come for? I don't know. What's the funny, like, the turtle boys? <laughs> they would have to fight over the smiley face or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I guess the, we don't necessarily we have, like... Harvey Ball. Although there's already... There, 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 there the already ball. is yeah. the Harvey Ball. Good point. All right. Well, so maybe if you just card the, the Harvey Basketball. Like, ah. just oh, change... Like, and then yeah. we change sports. Yeah. And we That's post it in wanted. Piedmont. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you want to keep it... This is not about personal gains, Ellie. Oh, my God, you're so right! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, oh, it could be, like, a gold seltzer can. What? Ooh. There we go. Are we, are we hosting a street hockey tournament all of a sudden? Uh, yeah. Yes. We should 100% do that. Like, I just broke up my blades yesterday. All right, it's it's time. I will learn how to skate for all this. Right, we're doing this. I'll find rollerblades just to play this. We'll have a like a, a spring tournament, could yeah. be hockey, and then our fall tournament could be basketball. That way oh, we I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be sick. See? Idea generating. It's all... It happens right here. You heard it right here on Seltzer Time. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be break news. That's our that's our thing. I'm, I'm the, into the it. The voice air horn, not the uh, actual air. Yeah. Um, we just like hire TK to do it. That would be amazing. Be so good. I uh, so the listeners may have already heard it by now, but I'm fairly certain I'm going to start putting an air horn during your intro. Yes. So uh, I downloaded a good one the other night. Yes. So be prepared. Yeah. Instead of just the one little man, it's a man, 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 man. Oh. So. Yeah, I feel like that that works better. Like yeah. It's really the, hard to do. You actually need the button to like yeah. to, to do it oh, here on the you screen. Physically do it. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't look right. It doesn't ever sound right when I tried it. Like I'd have to. I don't know, but it could all just be my own 
We can, we can play with it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. You might no, get really tired of that sound if you play with it too much. Yeah. I don't know. I've been yelling it for a couple of years now. I still love it. Yeah. How can you not? It's like the subtle towns of the Vuvuzela. How could you get tired of that? <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. That was another trivia thing. Trivia was question it? once, yeah. Oh, we won a trivia tournament. Yo, shout out. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I'm it always so sick. proud of people who win trivia because I'm terrible at trivia. I do not have that kind of knowledge stored away it's in best. my brain. So that's incredible. What did you win? So, okay. So we play in like a tournament at Vintage Grill. Cool. Every Tuesday. Uh, last week when we finished recording, we went and played the uh, like the actual like tournament. It's like a two month long season, oh. I guess. And wow. then the top five teams make the tournament, which is just one game, but they change the entire, like nothing's the same. But he like uses a lot of the like the questions you've had over the last two months. Oh, I see. Interesting. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. But there's like different variations of the game. It's okay. not the same like picture round and things are a little different. Wow. Um, the stakes are high. They're very high. Yes. <laughs> very high. And, As they should be, I think. Yeah, like, it's it's trivia. Like yeah. we take it very serious. If you don't, you shouldn't be playing. <laughs> it's true. So we had a Collins back. It's not trivial. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We we uh we called in some backup for the tournament. We had a couple of our regular players who couldn't uh -huh. make it. So Naomi's brother Sam came and helped us out. Uh kind of a genius. He was awesome. Definitely took us to the next level. Um my buddy Sam, who we know. Yes. He I mean he's played with us before a bunch okay. of times, but he was able to make this one. This is Naomi, me. He's refing for our basketball tournament. Is he? Okay, he told me he was like trying to do something, but I haven't followed up yes. with him, so I wasn't sure if we. He's been great. Okay. Thank you, yeah. Sam. Sam. Shout out to Sam. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we killed it. It was awesome. Uh, Melissa and Lauren. I think that's our whole team. Yeah, because you don't have six people. Oh, okay. So we killed it. We won. We won by like thirty points, which oh, was amazing. Shit. That's a lot of knowledge. Best part about it, though, our prize, which. I have no idea if this is like an okay thing to talk about, but we got bottles of liquor for winning. Like they brought, we got like a cool little trophy, which was sick. And then we got six, we each got a bottle of liquor. Damn. Which was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I was very surprised. We opened our bag, I'm like, wait, you can do that? Like I didn't even know you could do that. It was awesome. I got like a bottle of rum, which was kind of cool. We had some like pumpkin spice stuff that oh, we, I think, I think Melissa took the pumpkin spice mm -hmm. vodka. I'm not a pumpkin guy, so. I'm a pumpkin person, but not not in, in drink form. Like, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte Sam. person. So what, I, what makes you a pumpkin person? I what? like pumpkin pie. Huh. What other pumpkin things are there? Pumpkin Everything. pie. Okay, okay. <laughs> Make sure. Pumpkin pie and pumpkin. Well, as when I grew, when I was a kid, we used to make these like little pumpkin cookies. You just got a can of pumpkin puree and um, uh, a spice cake mix, and okay. they're kind of they're like they're kind of, they kind of, they turn out sort of like muffins. Okay, sounds good. But they taste like pumpkin, and that's pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds are good. Yeah, it's true. My sister wrote her first song about pumpkin seeds. Really? Yeah. Wrote the first song ever? No. Well, I don't, maybe. Oh, oh I, her first song. Her first song, but it also could be the very first song about pumpkin seeds. I've never heard one, so we're going to give her that. Yeah, it's called Cereal in My Bowl. <laughs> Wait, it's about pumpkin seed? <laughs> yeah. But it's called Cereal in My Bowl. Yeah. I'm getting all kinds of confused. I need to hear. Is there a place we can hear this? I mean, I could sing the first part of it for you. Yes. Okay, you go. Know, it goes, it goes. <laughs> Deb, this is for you. 
goes, cereal in my bowl, cereal in my bowl, cereal in my bowl, and it's called pumpkin seeds. And then there's sort of... Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I have so many more questions. Did she put milk in it? With no, the pumpkin seeds? No, I think, to, in, to her credit, like, sh- she was, I don't know, six or seven? Oh, okay. She's 21 now. She actually is a musician, but this is, I think this is sort of her claim to fame. I'm picturing, like, an 18-year-old, you know, woman writing this mm-hmm. song in her bedroom about pumpkin seeds. Yeah. And- I mean, who are we to? I wasn't to, trying to downplay it. I was, the, I was curious. Like, no, yeah, it was catchy. I wonder. I actually don't I'm know if she plays at any of her gigs as a as a joke. Only special, only by special request. If I'm there, I'll request it. We'll have her play the halftime show of our hockey slash basketball tournament. She would love that. She has to play that. Oh, absolutely. Right. She'll just do variations on it. Done. It's okay. You know, like a folk one, and then she'll bring out her bass and do a bass one. Yeah. I want, I want the trap version. <laughs> oh, so about it. So about it. You don't need her to do it. You guys got it. You got it. We do. We start it's done. All right. Over. Yeah. How have, you, how have you not already started a band? We're busy. I know. I know. We'll start one. Just add it to your list of. Do you keep a list of ideas and things? I know it's, it's, a, it's not super corny, but I'm serious. Like, we should. You should. It's basically just going to be Ricky and I playing our body. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a fabulous idea. I'll just be air drumming. Oh, air drumming. Dude, a whole album of air drumming. <laughs> yeah. That would be great for sick. car rides. Like, Didn't we talk rides. about? Yeah, in the first episode. Yeah. What would an like, album of air drumming sound like? Is it like the your sounds of your arms scraping against your, like the. It's, <sighs> it's basically just like the noise of my shirt moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, like yeah. me quickly like running out of breath. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I love little, it. Uh, here and there. <laughs> I can't wait for the album to drop. There'll be no music videos. Straight fire. <laughs> you know, it can't be. It's it's all about the 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 sound. Yeah. Listen to it while you're going to bed in the shower. Oh my god! Now I want to see a commercial for like. We can do that. Listen to this and all of Ricky's hits, including <laughs> his number one, <laughs> top of the charts, <laughs> and his collaboration Serial and Mobile. <laughs> With Busy Bee Project. Busy that's Bee Project? That's, that's, that's what cool. she goes by for her. Love that. Her name is Deb, but. <sighs> Shout busy out to Deb and busy busy Bees. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So every week we do Stokes and Pokes, uh, something that we're really excited about. It tends to be about Worcester, and then something that we wish that we could kind of poke in a different direction. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't need to be like a love hate thing, it just needs to be a. a nudge. It should be in, improved. Um, do you want to start us off? Do you have any? Yeah. Right. So do, does it matter which one I start with? Start with the start with the pokes. Start leave with them, the pokes. Leave them on a high note. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, that's good. Um, I mean, this should come as a surprise to no one. Um, but my my poke would be affordable housing, and I don't just mean that in terms of physical construction. We. Uh, <laughs> The way we talk about affordable housing versus housing affordability, um, like they, they share a lot of similarities, but the, the history of housing across the country is it's complex, it's divisive, it is based largely on racism, as is 
most of the things in this country. Um, But specifically with regard to housing, what we're grappling with now is not only deconstructing those policies, but also looking for kind of a paradigm shift. So in in Worcester, I I think sometimes there's, we, we forget that affordable housing is just, it's just people looking for housing. Like on any given day, we probably have, I don't know, 15 people that come into our office looking for affordable housing. A place to live. A place to live, right. And if we're gonna consider housing as a human right, then we can't stop affordable housing work until every person in this, if we're gonna talk about Worcester specifically, everyone in this city has stable, affordable housing. It's not really that (laughs) novel of a concept. Um, And because housing from an economic perspective is so confusing, I've been reading a lot of papers about the economics of housing and they drone on. But we often miss the nuances of it in our conversations. So it's not just CDC's building housing. It's also, you know, how do we contend with a heavily regulated um, public housing market and then this this private housing market that is ordinarily what we consider market rate or above market rate. Um, and the housing, the rental prices in Worcester have gone up 16% in the last year. And I think we that has to be talked about more. Why they've gone up? A lot of economic sub-market related things. But as this city develops, and it will continue to develop, we need to think really critically about decisions that we're making in terms of housing and whether five years from now, 10 years from now, when Worcester is this big, booming, wonderful place, have we served everyone? Have and we served our, its actual community? The actual community and our, our, to make, you sh- make sure that we're not perpetuating concentrated poverty, that you know maybe we need to rethink our, our zoning laws. And, and these are, when I mentioned earlier about like the, te- the technical language of planning, it's so exclusionary. You know, I only know about this because I am a huge nerd and read on it like on my own. Like I will go home and read academic papers about zoning because I you find it interesting. Animal. I know <laughs> it gets crazy. Sorry, um, yeah. So is that still a thing? Sorry for partying. Oh, good, good. Right. I feel like I've just like been out of the loop for it, a while. You it's know? like my lifestyle. I thought you said you listened to the first episode. Anyway, never mind. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry, yeah. sorry, Ellie. Sorry, Ellie. No, no, no. no I, I deserve that. Um, but just that, you know, the the people who are making these decisions, I think, have good intentions, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't hold them to higher standards. So everyone needs a re-education about affordable housing because what worked for us 10 years ago is not working now. And we're, we're seeing the negative implications of that. And, you know, CDCs, are, our hands are tied behind our, our backs because we're at the mercy of, of state funding. And so we can only do so much. Sure. Like, I mean, if, if it were up to us, we'd be building affordable housing every day. Yeah. Right. And that would be glorious. Like, go back flowers to the money and tree and, and yeah, take well, another thousand off the branches. Yeah, exactly. But we're not because we don't, we don't have the capacity for it. And I think our city is 
exists the way a lot of traditional cities do, where you have a, a an expensive or potentially expensive central business district, and then the thinking is that, oh, it trickles out. It's like, no, that's called gentrification. And we need it like, and people are so eh, about, they're so apprehensive to talk about that word and it's impacts, but it's like, that's why there's the phrase development without displacement. And that can exist. So I would like to see more people who talk about the future of Worcester and where it's going to also engage in the affordable housing conversation and not just leave it up to those of us who are doing the work, but like it needs to be a, a whole community effort. So like you said, you got to bring them into the process, bring them into the process. Exactly. Yeah. That's my new it motto. needs to be more than just one group of people. It yeah. needs to, it, every person, this impacts every single one right. of us. It impacts you. It impacts you. It impacts yeah. me. Like I'm lucky enough to have a, a, a job that pays me to afford the place that I live, but that also might, I'm just, I'm lucky. No if I weren't in that, yeah. And not, not, not everyone is in that situation. And so until we can fix wages or the provision of other types of services, one thing that we can do very, very tangibly is create better housing policy, mm-hmm. get people into houses so that when they get that job interview, they have a place to shower. They have a place to sleep. It's all social determinants of health. Like, want to get academic about it (laughs) (laughs) but again you're not talking about anything mind breaking right these are all really simple like the three basic simple needs are food shelter and yeah water water Water, food shelter what are the three basic human needs water food shelter water food and shelter yeah Uh, maybe uh, i think there's uh, sorry maslow i don't know what we might be letting down i'm messing something (laughs) up is it human interaction is that one of it i don't remember anyway but still just to that point they're not asking for anything they don't yeah. deserve. And it's not difficult to understand either. That's the like, that's what I've been tr- trying to do lately is figure out like, what are these things that we're all talking about that all that impact us, but we probably wouldn't seek out on our own. Like, how can you make that information accessible so yeah. that someone's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Like maybe I should learn more or maybe next time I can pick up the phone and call my city councilor, or I see a street light that's out and I know how to report it to DPW. It's like such little things like that. It's true. Yeah. I always like how your Instagram story, like I remember like yesterday or today or something, it was like the recycling thing. Like, yeah. would you go if there was more or better access or something? Yeah. I was like, I never ever thought about that. Right. Like just, just putting those words in front of me, like kind of jogged my mind a little bit to be like, oh shit, would I like... I mean, we have like at our apartment, they come mm-hmm. and pick up our recycling. And right. It's very easy, um, but some places it's not. Right, and I think, you know, the location of services matters. So, you know, just because there is a bus line doesn't mean that people necessarily have the time to take out of their day to take the bus all the way to 76 East Worcester Street. Um, and I'm a big fan of DPW, I am. They, they do tireless, thankless work. Um, and I'm really grateful to the, the interactions that I've had with them, especially in my job. But when it comes to recycling, you know, we have this really amazing free green bin program in the city. Now there are issues with open face bins and the wind and all of that. But even before we get to that, like when we have new tenants that move into our buildings, you know, I I talk to them about accessing this bin because you get a new one every time you move to a new residence, but they don't know where 
the DPW customer service place is. And they're not necessarily inclined to go out of their way to get there. Yeah. But I have no idea where it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, yeah, it's, it's runs parallel to Shrewsbury Street. Like that's. I live on Street. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I it's literally nowhere. It's, it's probably like maybe two minutes from your house. Really? Like, probably. Yeah. I, I kind of know where it is. As somebody that bought a house in the city, I didn't know I can go down and get one of those bins. I really? just assumed. Yeah. So they handed you, them out and I lost. <laughs> right? So every, and you can get up to two additional ones for $5 each. So in total, you could have three green recycling bins for a total of $10, three for 10. And what a deal. But it's about getting them, like removing those middle barriers to access. So that's why yesterday I was like, okay, what would make someone more inclined to access that? Been. Well, location, right? We know yeah. that, that transportation or, or transportation um, options are a, a major consideration for people, regardless of where they live or what their income status is. Like, so it's like, why don't we have more locations to pick them up? All you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, that's a, so that's a really good point. If the DPW is listening to this podcast, <laughs> we should talk. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. DPW, what's up? Yeah, hey. Come on, Love podcast. You. All right, so that was that was all one big poke. Do you have a thing you're stoked about? Yes, I'm really stoked about um, the Creative Hub. Yeah. Um, so I am a huge, huge proponent of um, arts in the community. I grew up as a theater kid. Before I found politics, I wanted to be on Broadway. Um, <laughs> Very different Very switch. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like my, my own arts education had profound um, positive impacts on my life. Um, and I, I think Worcester and all of the really incredible creative things that we're doing, like this last year of powwow was my absolute favorite, um, especially seeing um, a mural or two murals on Chandler Elementary, which is right in the heart of our neighborhood. Like I walk by there every day at work. Um, That's awesome. And just seeing the representation of the of the communities in this art. Um, so the creative hub, I know that you know they're they're trucking along with their fundraising, um, but I'm excited to have. A, a space that is accessible for everyone in Worcester, from youth to adults, from you know individual artists to to group things, and just another community gathering place. Yeah. I think there's nothing more special than than gathering and, and sharing uh, your your creativity. I mean, that's it sounds corny, but it's but it's true. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent agree. So that is what I'm super stoked about. So everyone should, if they have the means, donate yeah. to the Creative Hub. Check out the Creative Hub for sure. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking to somebody that's a hundred percent proponent. We're in a space, Technicopia, right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, we're sitting in one right yeah. now that runs. I mean, very similar. And again, we need more. There's more opportunity. There's more people that are not being served yet. There's more people that need you know access to these materials, or they want to feel inspired or creator. And they just don't have the tools or the skill set. That's what these organizations are for. Empowering these people, showing them. Right. Teaching a man to fish. Yes. Not literally a man, but teaching a person to fish. Yes. It's all about fish. My, uh, (laughs) can I go next? Say that again? Can I, can, oh, yeah. Can I go next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought you were talking about a type of fish. And I'm like, I've yeah. never heard of that fish. <laughs> I am not a fish guy. Like, Same. I like the band. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. eat a lot of it. Like, I like, like fish and chips. And 
like oysters, which yeah, are yeah, yeah. Have you ever fish? caught a fish? No. Well, I mean, how, wait, what? Like, have you ever gone fishing? Oh, yeah. I thought you said, have you had ricotta fish? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know what that is. But that yes, I have gone fishing. I, uh, my uncle was a fisherman. Dumb kid, oh, so. okay. It's, it's not that I don't like to do it. I just don't. It's do not your it. thing. Yeah. I don't eat it. I've gone fishing, but I don't eat the fish, so I didn't catch it. I just made it late for something. Yeah. So I had to throw it back. Oh, yeah. Also, like, you Shout out to Ted Bird Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your stoker pump? Yeah, Wait, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. <laughs> so fish. the only reason why I wanted to go first or second was because my poke is actually uh, kind of ran along the idea of what the Creative Hub is bringing to the city. Mm. I'm bummed about the lack of recording space we have. Um, we're lucky where we get to use Technicopia and, and Table Talks let us use their spot and uh, Mercantile Centers let us use there. But it would be really, really rad to have a recording studio in the heart of the city that like people could record their, you know, your sister could record like her serial song, which would be awesome. Or we could rent out for two hours and do our podcast. And just a place where like, cause I know a lot of people who either have a podcast. I feel like everybody has a podcast now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Power to the podcast. Yeah. Right. Let's get information out there. But I think it would be cool to have a, a spot mm-hmm. where there was a semi-professional recording studio. It probably that, sound a lot better. Yeah, yeah. This has actually been very quiet. I like this is nice. Yeah. This room has nice acoustics. Yeah, I mean, I think the I recording's going to be a little eh. echoey, but I That's think it's going to be fine. Yeah, y'all can deal with it. This would be know. good for some acapella, you know. There True. you go. You're another another band idea for you. Which I would be. I'd be the best acapella air drummer. <sighs> acapella needs Just air saying. drumming. <laughs> yeah. I was in an acapella group in college, and we didn't have an air drummer, and I think we uh, we suffered because of that. Right. Ellie, what was the name? Was we were the counterpoints. Not quite as like funny uh, and yeah. The other one of the other groups um, was the Clark Bars. Is they still exist? Then there's That's the Clark good. Keys. Huh. Yeah. Also good. Well, Clark-ish related. Right. But we no nobody had an air drummer. Well, they should have hit me up. Should have. Ricky was failed. Should have, could have, would have. Next thing <laughs> you know, so new career change. More more recording studio. Yeah, I think I think uh. Or even like a shared recording studio space that somebody could rent out by the hour. Well, yeah, that's what you're more like trying to get at is so even if there was a place like in the creative hub, like mm-hmm. a little room, you don't need much. Like right now yeah. we're doing this with a laptop and, and two mics and like a table. Like yeah. that's kind of all you really need. Right, uh, DIY. But it, yeah, but it'd be sick to have a little bit of something like a couple more mics, maybe uh, some soundproofing. Something just to make it sound a little bit better and give everybody there. I feel like that kind of goes back to your point about, you know, asking for things that are not that huge. You know, it's it's yeah. it's one space that doesn't require a lot of uh, materials. And then but but the power of that space could be accessibility and introducing a, a new wave of, you know, recording projects. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one would argue that the radio, there's a couple of radio stations, community-based radio stations are set up with that type of mentality. But given what we know about some of our friends and what they had to deal with, mm. they are now subject to their schedules and their yeah, kind of time constraints. And so it can't be as flexible as mm-hmm. we can this podcast. Yeah. We have no day that we record. There's no like set day, set right, time. Right, right. Yeah, we, we kind of just kinda roll bend it. it. Yeah. And like, there are probably gonna be sometimes we'll record two episodes in a week, so we get ahead of ourselves. Right. 
at those type of radio stations, you can't do that type of deal. Yeah. And they're not set up for that. They're set up for terrestrial broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're kind of going straight to the net and people are, you know, enjoying at their leisure. Right. Yeah. But there Which, should be options for both. Agreed exactly. is my point. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of like a, like a podcast hub. Studio. Yeah. 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 Well, then think about also like the, the educational components of that. Like I don't, think in the course of my education that I ever really thought about podcasts or, or recording outside of like things that my dad suggested to me. <laughs> um, but you know, how do, how do you introduce younger people to something like this? Maybe they didn't ever think that they, they could make a podcast. Like how does that elevate yeah. their voice or, or even just like introduce them to the, the technical aspects? Sure. I'm 31 and never thought I had no idea how to do this until literally like a month ago. Yeah. Like I didn't know you could put a podcast on iTunes if you weren't like Joe Rogan. Right. <laughs> I, did, I did not know you could do that. And then Mr. iTunes it. comes along and invites you yeah, for your like, podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Here's yeah. your golden ticket. But I think like also. It would be a golden apple. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry. True. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, going back to like getting kids introduced to it, this is kind of where a lot of marketing is going is like, mm-hmm. I don't really listen to music in my car. I listen to music at work. Mm-hmm. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think it's just a little more interesting. Yeah. I don't read the newspaper. I get all my news from literally a podcast or from Twitter. Yeah. That's it. Or Facebook or NPR. your Instagram story. Like, <laughs> that's really it. Yeah. Or NPR. Yeah. I just, I listen to a shit ton more NPR, but I yeah. never would have listened to it as a kid. Same. I, I don't have cable. We, we cut the cord years ago and I need to know about what the hell's happening in the world. That's, so right. It's I, like, a, it's more in, like information is more instant now. And I think our, I mean, maybe this is a, a problem. Like our intention spans certainly very, very are limited. What'd you yeah. say? I know, right? <laughs> I feel like it's that's right. It's like how you get off on any type of tangent. Um, but like, so so we need access that is more frequent um, and that is easily digestible and kind of fun. Yeah, for sure. And you can have fun podcasts and you can have educational ones. And I think like even going back to what you do, I think you, yeah, same, right? I think it'd be sick if you guys had like a podcast based from like Worcester Common Ground. Like if you took, I know you don't have a whole lot of time, but like even if you did like a a monthly one, like you just like sat down for an hour or so and just kind of go over what happened that month. Even just a half hour. Like they don't have to be an hour. Or even just like, I don't know. I feel like that, I love stuff like this because I feel you know, so often we have these conversations and not that we need to be recording every conversation we have, <laughs> although I'm sure the FBI already is, yeah. um, so. but that I think, you know, having them, having a constructive space to, to do that and bounce ideas off of each other and then make it accessible to other people so they can think about, I mean, it, it seems so simple, but I think it's also kind of woven into, into the fabric of, of, what we do yeah. so why why not make this more prevalent exactly i'm pointing to the they, I realize the they, they can't see me <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, yeah, think about that. i was like yeah i see it that that's gonna be on we're gonna do video podcasts here soon oh cool it's it's, it's only so sorry i had to come on only an audio one we'll get you back when we have we'll video back, yeah. i want you back <laughs> nice <laughs> now we go Love me some MJ. Um, Duh. So that was that was your poke. That was poke. Uh, my poke. My stoke goes back to what my poke was last week, where I was kind of complaining about the lack of places being open on a Monday night to go and, and get dinner, or get a drink, or whatever. Um, 
I was super ignorant about that. <laughs> One of the best Mondays I've had in a very long time was about three weeks ago. Me and my buddy Mike went to Nick's for their uh, the open mic comedy night that Brian O'Donnell and Sean Connolly host. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the guys who put on the Woot Nanny Festival, which is oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Sean's beautiful sweaters. Yeah, Sean's doing this like 25 days of Christmas sweater, oh, wow. ugly sweater thing. Wow. He does it every year and it's my favorite thing about that December. commitment. It's awesome. He it's he's so good. And he he like, had a dog in the photo and, yesterday. It was hysterical. Yeah, he's doing it from Texas right now. Like him and his fiance went back to Texas yeah. for the holidays okay, and okay, he's okay. there. Like, so and he's still doing comedy shows like every night that he's there. Like Dedication. Dude, he's just fucking hustling. Dedication it's awesome. To the, cra- to the craft. He's the best. Uh, but yeah, so I was, this morning I was trying to think of like something I'm I'm stoked about and I'm really stoked about the fact that every Monday night you can go to Nick's and see Sean behind the bar, different Sean, and then go watch free comedy. There's no cover charge, which is incredible. In a and, gorgeous room with like, it yeah. feels like you're dipping back into the 20s. Yeah, like that room's sick. Like the stage is a perfect size for mm. one person to stand on and like maybe bring a prop if needed. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, not a lot of them do, but, um, well, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. Good props. But now on Monday nights, uh, go to Maddie's and get dinner and then go to Nick's and catch really, really, really funny comedy. It's awesome. Everybody's awesome. Like it's just such a sick spot. So I'm stoked on that. That's awesome. Dope. Follow Wooten Annie on Instagram. Yeah. Because uh, that's not their only, they do comedy. It feels like they have an, an event going on every night. Right. Even when the festival is not in action. Right. They're still doing They're still event. like killing They it. also do the hot dog safari. Is that the same? Yeah. It's all the same. That's same what crew. I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're like one of the hardest working communities in the city in terms of like entertainment and just being the best people ever. Awesome. I feel like that's what it takes, right? Like constant commitment yeah. to what you're interested in. It's true. And props to them. Because yeah. getting that stuff off the ground, I'm sure, is so difficult. Yeah. And like shout out to Nick's for giving them mm-hmm. uh, a venue mm-hmm. and, and not charging them and, and just being really, really good. Yeah. Another like the partnership between play, like I'll open my space up for you to use. And then like, you know, I'll yeah. scratch your back. You scratch mine exactly. but in a way that that's like. Like everything is mutually beneficial. And yeah, makes sure. The community better. Yeah, it makes sense for Nick's because Nick's is probably going to sell a couple more beers that night, and yeah. then the people come be- in and get a decent show. Why not? Exactly. And then people might come back just for the. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sean mentioned the last time I was there that they're moving the sort of late show from Ralph's mm-hmm. to Nick's. Just a little bit more, and it, and it makes sense. Like all their comedy stuff happens at Nick's, mm-hmm. and then once a month they do. Sean's show from Ralph's, which is a bigger room, but at the same time, like it's a different vibe at Ralph's than it is at Nick's. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of I'm, I'm excited sure that it's all going to be in one spot. Yeah, I'm sure you get some Ralph's uh, diehards that wouldn't yeah. necessarily go to a comedy show, going upstairs and harassing them. Yeah, right. I'm sure that's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, no doubt. <laughs> but yeah, so that's mine, Travis. So I got a weird one this week. I have a stoke and then a poke and then I'm stoked, and it's all about the same thing. <laughs> I'm so wow, yeah. full circle there. <laughs> I know, it's big, it's big. And uh, <laughs> so this week at the library, the Worcester Public Library, they invited in a couple drag queen story, they had drag queen story time and it was hosted by Poison Envy, Miss Gay Worcester 2018. Um, they had a large group of kids and families, I should say, come in and listen to three stories read by these two people and they did a fantastic job. It's awesome. The event went off without a hitch, super stoked. 
need more of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We're all people, we're all different and weird and it's the weirdest people that are most interesting. So let's champion those. Then fast forward, Worcester Public Library puts it on their Facebook. Like saying, yo, we did this awesome thing. Check it out. Like 17, 18 photos. Everybody in these photos is having fun. There's not a frown or a, you know, Mm -hmm. the amount of vitriol and hate that then stemmed from that post is what I'm poking at. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, people. 2,000 shares or 2,000 comments and 1,500 shares or something like that. All types of hate speech. All to the one douchebag saying we should teach them about guns and not about people. <laughs> and it's like, you're kind of missing the point. Maybe there's probably an educational component for guns, but that's not what <laughs> this is about. Yeah. Like, and then fast forward one last time to what I'm truly, truly stoked about is everybody showing up on this goddamn internet and on the Facebook, the actual locals coming in, realizing that the people that were talking the most shit weren't from here, uh, didn't really, they were just internet trolls as Bill Shaner's article points out. Keyboard gangsters. Yeah, yeah, internet warriors hiding behind their screen. Huh? Like, yo, good on you, Worcester. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I genuinely, I. I mean, I'm getting a little emotional right now. I have tears in my eyes, like reading this shit, man, because I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a white heterosexual male. I understand that, but I still care about people. And these mm-hmm. were people that, that just wanted to share stories with children and families huh? and fuck you. Fuck every single one of you that needed to go on and spout this and make it about you and make it about your ideals. Like there was a group of people having a good time. Yeah, like- just be stoked on it. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's good. I mean, shout out to the to the library for mm. for you know introducing a way younger generation to a different type of person. Yeah, and having parents bring their kids and like everybody just be in a room together and, and read a story and like that's awesome. Yeah. Right. It can it can be that simple and like, I think that's one of my favorite things about libraries, but especially the Worcester Public Library that I think does such an incredible job with you know providing these opportunities for fun and learning simultaneously and just say like, this is a place that you can come and be accepted and championed and heard. And, you know, why shouldn't we be doing more of that? And to hell with the people that yeah, are, I mean, ultimately- I mean, that's something to address too. Like I, I'm really thrilled for, for Worcester that we, we came through, but I think we also shouldn't lose sight of the fact that like there's still plenty of people in this community who would have been right beside those internet trolls. Like we, as much progress as we make, like we need to also take a step back and say, is my neighbor someone like that? Is my colleague someone like that? A, ra- a person at a community event? Like we're, we still gotta do the work. Yeah. So. Right, right. I mean, so somebody that might interface with that in a, in a day-to-day basis, what do you suggest doing? Like, say you're in a situation where you hear somebody like your neighbor, if it's a casual conversation, you can mention it to them. But I mean, like in a work setting, you hear something, do you bring it up right there, right to their face? Like, do you have any thoughts on this? Or? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure out my, um, what my own allyship looks like i think it's such a learning process because it, it also requires me to do oh, it's very introspective and i have to do a lot of deconstructing of my own knowledge sure. um and asking other people um and you know and the other thing too is like what works for one person doesn't always work for another so in 
a work setting, I think, I mean, as much as I can, I always try and approach things from an educational perspective. And I can do that because I am white. And so my ability to engage with these subjects, like I, I have the privilege to to say, okay, I'm gonna maybe set aside my own personal feelings and try and come at this from a different perspective. And so like, that's what I try and do. I think when it comes to maybe some members of my family or even like people who were close friends or are close friends will say something and that makes me a lot more sensitive. And I am a very sensitive, like I'm a very sensitive person. Um, I think even something as simple as like, what do you mean by that? Um, a, a lot of the time, I think people make inappropriate, racist, problematic comments off the cuff without thinking. Um, and usually if you ask someone like, wait, what do you mean by that? Or if they tell a bad joke, like a, a, an, inappropriate, an inappropriate or racist joke, um, I like to, you just say like, I don't, I don't get it. And you make, you say, I don't get it until they explain it. And then usually they're like, I mean, it's an awkward interaction, but the point is you, there are sort of innocuous ways of getting people to interrogate their own thinking without saying, let's sit down and deconstruct because that's exhausting. That's I agree. It is exhausting. And it's not nearly as exhausting for me as it would be for, um, you know, a person of color or um, someone like, or just someone who isn't a, a, a cis white female, you sure. know? So. Uh, just to rewind, one of my favorite things, when somebody tells a black racist joke, you say, what do you call a black guy flying a plane? And they look at you and they'll probably come up with something terrible and you say, a pilot, a pilot. you fucking racist. Yeah. <laughs> it just, you know, it's, right, it's turning it, it's turning them back on, turning it back on them and making them realize that, you know, most of what they're saying is stupid. Yeah. Well, all of what they're saying is stupid. Yeah. But that like, with this idea of political correctness and how hated it is, I think it's just kind of ridiculous. It's like there, we evolve as a society, our language evolves, our, our social norms, our culture, we, we evolve. And we're at a point now where, you know, things that were said 10 years ago are not funny anymore. So, and that's, that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, I'm not sorry, actually. The, your, your racist joke, your sexist, misogynist, transphobic, homophobic, whatever joke isn't funny anymore, and we're not gonna let that slide. So, step maybe, up your game. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, right, seriously. seriously, find something else that's funny that's not tearing down someone's existence. Like, yeah. my God, are you. There are plenty of things to laugh at. There are plenty of things to laugh so at every many single things freaking to day. Laugh. It's a funny, funny world we live in. Like, yeah, yeah. don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a model we could all take to the mm. bank. Yeah. We have a sticker on the mirror at the dive bar that says "Don't be a dick." Good. And it's like it's one of the first things I ever noticed <laughs> going there. And then working there, it the first time I was behind that bar, I like just saw it and I was like, I fucking love this place. Like, yeah, like what a into great, your soul. yeah, like that's just what a great motto to like live by. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. Like we at Hunchback Graphics have a no asshole policy. Like yeah. for the same reason. Fuck it, life's too short. I don't want to deal with assholes. Yeah. Yeah. No reason for it. Right. They just, they're not, they're not worth the the time. I mean, I think, you know, we, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how do we, I mean, I'm all about bringing people into the conversation and absolutely to move forward, we need to deconstruct the racism in our country. And that does require some patience and sitting with people who are vehemently opposed to 
I don't know, just decency yeah. um, and people's existence. But I also think that like, I don't know, it's it, like we can, we can just, we can all be better. We can all, we can all be better. There we go. Well, happy go lucky. This is awesome. Ellie, yeah. you've been fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys are fantastic. Like, Thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank yeah, you. Likewise. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me, letting me talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> talk about this stuff for fucking ever. Like, uh, no, it's, it's cool. a good thing. Like, hopefully anybody that listens, you know, takes something from it. So yeah. where can people find out about what's your common ground and where can people find out about you? Yes. Um, people can find out about me personally on Facebook. Facebook friend me if you'd like. That's totally fine. Um, I post almost entirely about Worcester and city planning. Um, so, and then uh, Worcester Common Ground has a website, um, wcgcdc.com. Um, but most of our updated stuff is on our Facebook page um, that I try and update as much as possible. Um, or Instagram, as Ricky mentioned, I've been doing a lot of education on Instagram. What's your um, handle? It's um, E-L-L-I-E underscore B-R-O-O-K-E, Ellie Brooke. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Literally like one of my top five favorite follows. It's awesome. I'm like, honored. Whether you're posting the cats. Oh, yeah. Or yes. it's like straight news. It's always very entertaining. Yeah, gotta, gotta keep the people happy. Yeah. Cute, weird cats, but also like let's, let's talk about the city and what yeah. we could be doing better. And, Real talk. You know, yeah. You'll get a plus one follower after this podcast. Thank you. Boom. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. Awesome. All right. Well, I think uh, that, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. I've been Travis. You can find me on Instagram at, at Hunchback Travis. I've been Ricky, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. You can find me at DickChuck77 or Seltzer Time Official. <laughs> oh, I thought this was there was. At Seltzer Time Official. <laughs> Either way, you know the drill. Thanks for all the love on the seltzer time. Definitely send us more seltzer times. Get yourself opening them cans. Also, if you want to hear anything about the, the show or you know, if you want us to talk to somebody specific, leave us a comment, leave yeah. us a message. You just have thoughts on the show, leave us a comment, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you guys. That's what's up. Sorry for partying. <laughs>